Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre Chapter 35 That is such an ominous name for a wine, Grace said, taking another sip. The warm tingling in her stomach spread throughout her body. The alcohol hit her head, increasing her delight, and she felt her muscles relax. Not really, Barba explained. There are all kinds of wines and liquors that have such dark names. Besides, the sole liquor store here in Nevermore is named Lucifer's Liquors. I imagine they do it as a tongue-in-cheek reference to the fact that alcohol allows us to be our true selves. You know, the old saying is, in vino veritas. Grace took another sip. This third sip warmly caressed her tongue, leaving a hint of blackberry and the not displeasing aroma of tobacco. I'm not sure that I follow. Oh, that is Latin, he said. It means, in wine there is truth. Most people hide their inner selves, but when they drink their masks of inhibition fall, away and allows them to be bold enough to be their true selves. How do you feel about honesty, Grace, Andre said, taking control of the conversation. He was built more lithely than Ari and Barba, with a lean, hard body. He stood and stalked around the table as if he were part panther. His blonde hair hung to his shoulders and his face was adorned with a neatly trimmed beard. He wore a loose-fitting white shirt that was unbuttoned halfway down his chest and tight-fitting black jeans. He stalked over to her, snatching the ancient bottle of wine from the table as he rounded its corner. Should people not be allowed to be their true selves? 
Grace wanted to make sure she sounded as worldly as Andre did when he challenged her with this question. She took another sip of wine and was surprised to see that the glass was empty as it left her lips. Had she just drunk a half a glass of priceless wine so quickly? Her head began to buzz from the alcohol, and she suppressed a nervous giggle. She cleared her throat and began to answer, but before she could, Andre held out the dusty bottle and poured her another glass of the crimson liquid. Grace wondered at how it sparkled like rubies. I uh, absolutely agree that people aren't genuine, she replied, thinking of how she always felt held back by the expectations of others. It's also revolting that it sickens me sometimes. Andre smiled approvingly, flashing a set of perfect teeth that gleamed from within his bushy blonde beard. Grace was surprised to feel a pang of desire. She flushed at being under the influence of his animal magnetism. That's a very insightful answer, he said. I think I like you very much, Grace. I think you will fit in with us very nicely. He refilled his own glass before setting the bottle back on the table and turning back to the group. Grace was pleased with Andre's praise. Thank you, she said. I think I'm going to like it here very much. So, Andre said, lifting his glass in the air, here is to honesty and Grace taking control of her life. They all raised their glasses and Grace splashed some of the wine onto her hand in her eagerness. Her heart leaped as she noticed that they all fixed her with approving smiles. They again touched glasses and drank the wine down in one gulp. The soft glow of the candlelight seemed to envelop everyone in the room with an aura of magnificent beauty and sophistication. And Grace was honored to now be considered as one of them. Ari took a final sip that drained his glass. It's time to prepare for the party. The guests will be here soon. Salome and Amy cleared the glasses from the ornate table, and Barba and Andre began moving it into another room off the main floor. Barba flashed his wide smile. If you like Halloween, you're going to find this celebration interesting. Oh, it's going to be something to behold, Andre added. Great, replied Grace, the wine making her relaxed and giddy at the same time. What can I do to help? Ari grabbed her by the hand, making her heart skip a beat, and led her to the bar. You can help me get the bar ready. Grace was delighted at the feel of his hand grasping hers. So we're going to be working? Grace asked. Ari let go of her hand and began counting the money in the register. Oh, no, he replied as he flipped through the stack of bills. We have a bartender and a server. A DJ will handle the music. So what are we going to do? Ari placed the bills into the slotted tray and glanced up at her. We watch. What are we going to watch? 
Grace asked. Ari pushed the drawer shut and gave her a crooked grin. We both agree now that everyone suppresses their true selves in their attempt to fit in, right? Yes, Grace said. Well, tonight we're going to watch these people reveal themselves. How so? Grace asked. This will be a costume party. I know it sounds strange, but when people dress up in costumes, they feel free enough to allow their true selves to be seen. Even their choice of costume can be a glimpse at who they really are. That does sound interesting and fun, Grace said. So you think I'll be surprised? Ari grabbed her hand again and led her toward a door that exited off the main dance floor. That is an understatement. Chapter 36 The room that Ari led Grace into was a sizable storeroom full of liquor and condiments that supplied the bar. At the back was a swinging door. Grace peeked through the window in the top of the door and saw that it led into another smaller room that was used to receive deliveries. It also contained a walk-in freezer. Grace turned her attention back to the storeroom. Wow, there's a lot of alcohol in here. Ari began putting various liquor bottles into a crate. It takes a lot to quench the thirst of a house full of partiers. Grace said, well, I want to help, but first, where's the restroom? Ari motioned toward a small break room. There's a co-ed bathroom in there, he replied. When you're done, you can put peanuts in the containers on the bar. They're on that shelf over there. Sure, Grace said, happy to help Ari with anything he needed done. She stepped into the break room. It was smaller than the storage room by half and was filled with a small table, a microwave on a stand, and a fridge. She walked across the room and stepped into the bathroom, locking the door behind her. It was small, with only one toilet and a sink. Grace checked herself in the mirror and noticed that her eyes glimmered with excitement and anticipation of what was to come. They were also glassy due to the wine. And even though she was still intimidated by how beautiful Salome, Amy, and Nephi were, she felt pretty. Her green eyes glowed, her freckles were cute, her smile was lovely. She had never felt better about herself. She pulled a napkin from the dispenser attached to the wall and turned on the cold water. She looked down as she wetted the napkin, with the intent to use it to pat her brow. After the napkin was completely soaked, she looked back into the mirror and let out a startled scream. A corpse stared back at her. And it wasn't just any corpse. It was hers. She was filled with such terror that she could not move a single muscle. It was as if someone had taken control of her body and was forcing her to bear witness to the truth that all beauty in this world ends in rot. She stared at a face eaten away by death. Her mouth contained the upper lip, but not the lower, exposing blackened and broken teeth. Her skin was mottled insect green and crypt black, 
her left eye completely missing, yet she glimpsed something squirming from deep within. Her right eye stared back at her with such profound sadness that she sobbed aloud. Grace wanted to turn, to scream, to run, but she was unable to move a single muscle. The corpse in the mirror, the dead Grace, raised a death-blackened hand and pulled at the strawberry blonde hair that was now full of mold and crawling things. The hair peeled away with a sickening sound. Grace's heart was slamming against her chest. Just as she thought her mind would snap and plunge her into madness, a light began to radiate around her corpse's head, glowing in intensity and beauty. The brilliant hues reminded Grace of a rainbow. They were so beautiful that she ached from their brilliance and spotlessness. That aura of purity transformed the corpse Grace back into the living Grace. Her mind stepped away from the edge of madness as she took in the image of herself bathed in that untainted, supernatural light. The image that now stared back at her was so much more beautiful than she could ever have imagined. She saw herself as something greater than she currently was, something that she could attain only if... There was a loud knocking on the door and she snapped back into reality. The force that had held her captive had now released her, and she would have fallen if she had not quickly grasped the edge of the sink to steady herself. Are you okay in there? It was Salome. She took a moment to gather herself before responding. Y yes, she said, hoping that Salome didn't hear the shaking in her voice. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just finishing up. With shaking hands, she used the wet napkin to wipe the sweat from her face. Then she noticed the reflection of the wall behind her in the mirror. A word was scrawled across the wall in bold black letters. It was a strange word, as if in another language. It was Sekensetlik. When she turned from the mirror to the wall, the word was no longer there. Shaking her head, she glanced once more at the mirror, seeing only an empty wall that was reflected to her. And she asked aloud, what in the world is wrong with me?